Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, welcome into another edition the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenix. Price Atkinson right here, and that is Joe Calabrese. We are coming to you as we barrel toward the upcoming Winter Olympics. Everything is hot and heavy, Joe, with uh, Continental Cup. We got Canadian Open ongoing. We got a lot of various national championships coming up uh, this week and next week and the weeks ahead. But out of the gate... Welcome into episode 26, everybody. Joe, we got a lot of good stuff here to cover this week. Yeah, you know, Price, uh, you'd think with uh, the Olympic trials over with, things might slow down a little bit in the lead up to the Olympics, but no, things just seem to be chugging right along. We had a lot of great events last week. Uh, we want to start with. Well, let's start with who you'll hear in this episode just real quick. we got some guest interviews like we always do. Coming up, you'll hear from Coach Phil Drobnik, one of the national team coaches. We'll bring you that, and we will also bring you a joint interview as I caught up with Tyler George and Eileen Geving from both Team Schuster and Team Roth, respectively. Talk with them uh, just recently. So we'll bring you Coach Phil Drobnik and then a joint interview with Tyler George and Eileen Geving. But... I think we got to start, Joe, with what went down up in, uh, you know, across the border, not too far from you in, in Ontario and London, the Continental Cup. I don't know what was more thrilling, the way the Vikings game finished. We'll finish with that in the very final segment. But the way the Continental Cup ended with a basically a draw to the button, closest team wins. Wow, what a weekend. Yeah, you know, wow, it's right. I mean, uh, the U.S. teams uh, held their own in this event. Uh, sometimes we're sort of seeing, I think, as the uh, the afterthought in this event uh, with uh, some strong Canadian teams always in this event. But uh, Schuster wins three of the four games that he's mm-hmm. part- he participated in. He tied the other one. Uh, Nina Roth went one, three, and one, but uh, got some points in the skins. Um, you know, and then crazy things happen at the end of uh, all the days. Everybody's tied up. And they have to do a draw to the button. And who would you rather have them a draw to the button than uh, Brad Gushu? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, when Gushu threw that stone and then Ulcerud, uh, he goes second, right? And when Ulcerud's stone is short because he had just played on that sheet, that is not really what I expected because when Gushu was a, what, he was a little bit light, if I remember it, I thought Ulcerud was going to come in there and swipe, take the Continental Cup away, but... Just an incredible, thrilling way to finish. I personally, and I know that this is completely biased, and I know that I, I, I get it, but I was, I was like, just throw Schuster out on the ice and let it, let him bring this thing home and win it. I get it because he didn't play. I mean, this was thing on Canadian soil, and I mean, look, Brad Gushu is money in the bank, and he was again. Yeah, you know, he he really is, and he, he's just one of the most uh, terrific curlers in, in all the world. And uh, I, I definitely would want to pick him if I had a choice. But, yeah. You know, John had played so strong, and I, it, the, I guess the, the only surprise that I have is that um, having Olzerud throw that stone, 
um, he had sort of struggled a little bit in that event, and I, I would have maybe thought that maybe he'd gone with someone with someone else. But um, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, it was just a terrific event, uh, another great made-for-TV type event, and uh, we'll see where it winds up next year. Yeah, I, 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 Adine is really who I thought ultimately was going to get the call to throw that stone for for Team World, but you know, as Ulsterud's uh, stone, uh, you know, Gushu's light, and you know, as it ended up, uh, Team North America wins it. And you mentioned, uh, you know, Team uh, Nina Roth and her her team didn't play poorly, um, but you look at John Schuster winning three out of four. Those guys, those guys are playing awfully, awfully well right now, Joe. Yeah, you know, their tie came against the Cruz in a game that Schuster probably could have won. Uh, then he comes back in the skins and kind of dominates uh, the mm-hmm. Cruz. So the Cruz had kind of been his bugaboo, and, and oh, yeah. maybe John's over that a little bit now. And yeah. I, I can't imagine them feeling any better um, going into the Olympics than they're feeling right now. Oh, I agree. And he continued really that solid play that he has done uh, against Nicholas Adin. That has continued. It continued there in the Continental Cup. But, you know, just congratulations to a fantastic event, Team North America winning the Continental Cup and bringing it home. And, you know, speaking of bringing it home, how about Jamie Sinclair and her rink? They go overseas to burn Switzerland. They almost brought it home, Joe. What a thrilling final in the 2018 Bernese Ladies Cup in Bern, Switzerland, as Jamie had a, a shot for two, down one in the final end to win it. It ticks off a guard. They grab their one steal. They go to extra ends when they lose uh, to Team Wang in China. But just a heck of a performance by Jamie and her, uh, her rank to get runner-up over there at the Bernese Ladies Cup. Yeah, pretty pretty solid field over there, um, and uh, also I should mention Sarah Anderson's team, which is the Corey Christensen team. Without Corey, also yep. made the playoffs. Yep, and uh, so real good um, showing by both the U.S. teams. You know, Jamie coming up just a bit short, but uh, mm-hmm. you know they're having just a very solid year. They're coming off that U.S. Open win, and now uh, this uh, this runner-up finish. They're going to be heading to U.S. Nationals in a couple months. And uh, they may be able to play their way into Worlds, which is uh, you know one of their goals for the year. Yeah, definitely not out of the question. Certainly, uh, it's a great showing by the Americans this weekend as it's really tune-up time, getting ready for uh, the Winter Olympics. And certainly the World Championships is coming up this spring. A whole lot of more good curling we have ahead. But, you know, one thing uh, that was some news to get to, Joe, before we get to some interviews, and you and I are going to come back and close this thing up. We'll mention our weekly contest here in just one second. But some interesting news that we get from the World Curling Federation earlier this week is the World Curling Federation, along with the Chinese Curling Association, they hold an official signing in Beijing that what we were previously, you know, we had heard back in the fall, the World Series of Curling, that now officially, the four-stage competition will now be called the Curling World Cup, as there will be four stops annually along the Curling World Cup that will go for a four-year cycle leading up to the 2022 Olympic Winter Games in Beijing. Yeah, that's going to be getting started in the fall and uh, event out in China sometime in September or October. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make a uh, trip to, it looks like the U.S. They use the term America. Yeah, I don't think that that means uh, North America. I think that they meant uh, the U.S. And somewhere in November, December, and then uh, Europe, January, February, and then back to uh, Beijing in May for the grand final. Um, looks like it's going to be an eight-nation event. They didn't announce which nations, but I'm assuming that uh, you know China, uh, the U.S., 
uh, Canada all be included in that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but something 13.5 million, I don't know why it's stuck in my head in terms of money that's behind this event. You know, a lot of Chinese money as they are really trying to, you know, they are building a lot of rinks coming up throughout the entire nation uh, over this next really four year period to get ready for Beijing. I read an interesting piece, you know, the water cube, which was the arena in the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing that hosted Michael Phelps in the swimming competition there of the Summer Olympics. The water cube is what will actually be the uh, the host venue for the curling in the 2022 Winter Games. And if you know the water cube, you remember how wicked cool it looks from the outside. That is going to be an awesome venue, as I believe they're going to have some curling ice downstairs that you know spectators can come in. I think three or four sheets that they can just come in and try curling on the bottom floor of the water cube uh, there in Beijing, where the competition will be held upstairs. That is going to be a lot of fun. Really, really cool stuff as we get ready for the 2022 Winter Games in Beijing. But first up, we certainly have the 2018 Games coming up, Joe, as we get ready for that. But one thing we will get you ready for is we will get you ready for this week's contest. Joe, you want to tell them about it? Sure. You know, we've had this uh, sponsor on for the last couple of weeks. It's MyCurlingClub.com. What you're getting is a one-year membership to their services, and they – uh, do big uh, bond spiel organizing services uh, online for you. Uh, and it's really second to none. They have some features that I haven't seen anybody else do. So, so let's say you, uh, you want to have a spare pool and you can uh, set it up so that you are looking just for people who are available on your night. It's a pretty cool kind of feature. Um, it's something that I know that uh, curling clubs all over the U.S. Could, could use. It's not something that uh, a lot of curling clubs have. So if you're interested in that, getting that uh, free membership, all you got to do is uh, head over to tesn.us slash podcast and click on the widget, the win widget in the upper right-hand corner of the page. Well, there you go. As Joe told you, you want to get in with that, you can check that out on tesn.us forward slash podcast. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, right there on your smartphone. Just go to the Apple Podcast app, type in extra, extra in. It is that simple. You hit, you just press your finger on subscribe. Bam, you got it right there at your fingertips. A new episode that comes to you every single Thursday morning right here the extra extra and podcast certainly google play stitcher and a myriad of other ways that you can listen to us every single week as you will do all year as we take you through this entire curling season joe but when we come back Coach Phil Drobnik, one of the national team coaches, works with uh, John Schuster and company. He'll be headed over across the pond into Korea with Team USA coming up next month for the Winter Olympics. So we'll check in with Coach Phil Drobnik. Hadn't talked to him since back in the early fall, one of our very first guests here on the Extra Extra Podcast. This is episode 26, and after Coach Phil Drobnik, we will talk with Tyler George and Eileen Geving before Joe and I come back for one final segment we got a lot more in that final segment to get into so stay with us we'll be right back here on the extra extra podcast with the 12th in sports network powered by isogenics my curling club is the ultimate all-in-one solution for curling clubs it offers a completely customizable club website with online registrations league management event calendar news photo albums custom pages sponsors and more the league management module allows administrators to generate a well-balanced schedule for their league in a matter of seconds standings and statistics are calculated automatically whenever new scores are entered into the system learn more at www.mycurlingclub.com again www. 
www.mycurlingclub.com. This week, we are giving you the chance to win a one-year membership to mycurlingclub.com for your curling club. That's a $500 value. To enter, go to our website at www.tesn.us forward slash podcast using the widget on the upper right-hand corner of the page. All right, the Extra Extra Podcast rolling along right here. Price Atkinson, appreciate everybody tuning in. And right now going back to coaching royalty. We hadn't had him on here in a little while, but we got him on right now. That's Coach Phil Drobnett with the Team USA and the High Performance Program with USA Curling. Give him a follow on Twitter, simply at Coach Phil 2Ls. That will do you right on Twitter. But Coach Phil, how is it going? How are things in the Drobnick house? Uh, it's going great. Um you know, we're looking forward to uh, another Olympics and, uh, you know, getting the team prepared to go to Korea. Yeah, well, you guys are getting prepared, getting ready to roll. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, the first trip through with the high-performance program. I guess, just real quick, everything seems to be going swimmingly, at least on the surface. I guess we're all really about to find out here coming up, you know, in just a very short period of time with the Olympic Games, how, you know, USA Curling has retooled the approach with the high-performance program. Just real quick, as we get ready to compete with Team Roth and Team Schuster over there, just your quick thoughts on how everything's gone so far. You know, I think it's gone uh, gone really well. Um, you know, it's been a long four years, and it's been a lot of work, and the athletes have uh, work their tails off to get in the position that they're in. And, um, you know, we had an awesome week out in Omaha uh, with, uh, you know, two of the best teams in our country uh, battling it out in the finals on both sides, which was was awesome. And we had great finishes. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to getting the, our two best teams to Omaha or to um, Korea and uh, and get them out on the ice. All right, you, Phil, you were with, with John before at the Olympics, and you know I'm just curious from a coach's perspective. You know, you talk with players a lot, but from a coach's perspective, when you look at just simply the change and the maturation of, of Skip John Schuster, what have you seen, what do you observe, and how he is really, I, I, to me, just looks night and day different, especially going back to even just 2010. Yeah, John has uh, uh, matured as an athlete. He's... Uh, He's utilized the tools that have been offered to him. He's utilized uh, his experiences, and uh, he's 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 worked really hard to make himself the athlete that he is today. Um, from the mental side of the game to the fitness side of the game, John has just uh, went all in, and uh, he's been willing to do whatever it takes. And he's had a great family support, and you know Sarah's been a great support to him, allowing him to train to the extent that he trains and, and, and do everything that he does. It's, uh, um, you know, John's a special athlete and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, he's going to his fourth Olympic games. Uh, he's got the experience of having a medal. Um, you know, this is his third game skipping and, uh, you know, he's a total different player. He's got a lot more, um, international world level experience going into this Olympics. Um, he's got a medal around his neck from a world championships and, uh, you know, he, he's just made himself that much better. You mentioned the, the medal from the World Championships, and that was 2016, obviously, where they won the bronze medal. And honestly, we're just a couple shots, honestly, from getting back on that podium again, you know, this past year in 2017. 
How much did that break through? He mentioned that it wasn't, it didn't play, it hasn't really played any kind of role. But as a coach, when you look at it as Skip and in a team that breaks through, and I always say the word a breakthrough, when you make the podium at the world level, how, do you see it as a breakthrough for, for John and his team? Because you go to the worlds and you get, you win a medal and you darn near won a second one. Yeah, I, I see it as, uh, as a breakthrough for USA Curling. Sure. And then uh, further, a, a breakthrough for John and his team. It gives, yeah. you know, his team confidence in him that he's the guy that can lead him to a medal at the Olympics. And so I, I, I get John's uh, perspective because yeah, for him, he's, he's believed all along that, that, you know what, he's got what it takes to medal at a, at a world championships and Olympics. But now all of a sudden his team can believe in that, uh, you know, the, 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 country can believe in that and uh it's uh it's it's been a huge asset to these guys and and a big a huge confidence boost how much and john's been open about this circling the calendar four years ago for this day in terms of the opening ceremonies and getting ready for the 2018 games and you know he's talked openly about a about the journey but i know that this journey has been different because of 06 when he was part of team fencing rajeski and polo and those guys when they won a bronze medal but this really is a trip to me that seems like unfinished business, not to so much to atone for 2010 or 2014, but unfinished business for him is a skip to get on the podium at the Olympic Games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, John is, is, uh, has put as much time as anyone in this game and has uh, battled through as much, you know, positive and negative uh, um, publicity as anyone has in the game. And, um, you know, he's, uh, I, I, he's got such a great, uh, demeanor about himself and, uh, a calming, uh, he, he talks about how having kids has changed him as mm-hmm. a, as an athlete and, you know, it's not life or death out there. He's relaxed. He, he believes in himself. He believes in his team. He makes his team better. And, uh, and that's, what's going to be the, the key components that get this team on the medal stand when we're in Korea. Yeah, I continue with my main man, Coach Phil Drobnik, uh, high-performance program coach with Team USA Curling. So it works really more exclusively with the men's side, but you can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Phil, and that's two L's there on Twitter. And I don't want to – I'm not going to handicap this thing, but I think anybody that would look at it would look at Nicholas Adine and Kevin Cooey as probably the two, at least the paper betting favorites, however you want to call it. How does John – there's certainly other opponents out there, but when you look at John and, and, and his team, where they match up and take the ice strengths, weaknesses of playing against a Cooey and a Dean, how do they match up against those two guys? Because Dean is a team that John certainly had his number here at least recently. Yeah, John's had some success against Dean and – you know, the one thing John has, um, you know, as does a Nicholas Dean, as does a, a, a Kevin uh, Cooey, uh-huh. is experience at, a, at an international level. Um, you know, he's, he's, been to, he's been around. So, um, you know, playing these types of teams for John uh, is, is, you know, every day. I mean, every weekend when we're on the tour, he's got the, this, this team in particular, um, you know, he's been with the same team for four years now. And uh, the team... Uh, that we're putting, going, that we're sending to the Olympics has a long experience where the years in the past we haven't had that. And uh, sending the, this team they, where they have experience playing these two top teams, um, yeah, they're they're definitely going in the favorites. But we're not uh, 
we're not fearful of them when we step out on the ice. Oh, no doubt about it. Just continue with Coach Phil Drobnik. And, you know, uh, uh, certainly an interesting dynamic scenario, if you will, that's going to be playing out uh, as Matt Hamilton, he's uh, at least on the guy's side, who certainly his sister Becca is going to be competing with her team and Team Roth. But you look at Matt, who's going to have double duty. I think what the only male that's going to have that type of duty uh, is competing in the mix and with his team over there. What have you guys sat down and kind of mapped out as far as workload? I mean, it's clearly he's going to have a heavy workload there, but what have you guys sat down and kind of mapped out and talked about with, with Matt about, uh, you know, things to manage and, and how it's all going to flow over there? Yeah, you know, Matt's, Matt's going to manage his energy, and, you know, he's well aware of, of, of what's going to be expected of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll work along with, uh, you know, Derek Brown and, and Jake Higgs, the, the mixed doubles coach, he's, mm-hmm. uh, along with myself, and, you know, we'll make sure that uh, – Every time Matt gets out on the ice, that he's prepared. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, you know we have a great team going over there with uh, with Carly Anderson and and Brian McWilliams. So you know they're gonna everybody's gonna be keeping an eye on Matt and Becca and making sure that they're you know they're ready to go, they're ready to play, uh, making sure they're getting their rest that they need yep. in between games. They're getting their downtime um, and when they need to be you know excluded from activities, uh, maybe to make sure that they get their rest. You know they're they'll be willing to do that. So um, they're both over there for the same mission, and that's to get a to get on the medal stand. So um, they're going to do whatever it takes to get on that. All right, as we begin wrapping up with Coach Phil Drobnik, one thing I'm curious about, Coach, is you know the Phil Strut when you come out from the coach's box during timeouts. I mean, there's nobody. I I don't know any other coach that's got the kind of swagger that you do. Does it kind of go to another level? Because when you come out of that box at the Olympics, I mean, this is uh, I mean, you got the bright lights. It's not just big city, but it's bright lights. The world watching. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be ready for it. And, uh, we'll be prepared to, uh, to come out there and give those guys the, uh, the best advice that we can and, and, yeah. uh, you know, assure themselves, uh, to make the shot after it. <laughs> well, I know, I know you won't have any time to fit uh, nine holes in while you're in over there, but I'm hoping what you'll do me one favor. If you might take that, uh, Minnesota go for puck with you and just put it on the coach's stand. So I might get a glimpse of it once or twice on NBC. That's the only thing I ask of you besides bring home some hardware, coach. Hey, hey, there's no doubt that that puck's coming with me and, uh, you know, go for pride, baby. That's, uh, that's where it's at. And, uh, you know, Minnesota pride. So, um, we'll have that there for you and, uh, we're going to do everything we can to, uh, help these guys. Uh, you know, our, my role is to, to help them be at their best. So try to get everybody playing their best and, uh, do everything we can to bring back a medal for the country. Well, you're the man, Coach Phil Drobnik. Again, follow him on Twitter at Coach Phil Two Wells, U.S. Men's National Coach with USA Curling. Going to be with Coach uh, or Team John Schuster, and you know, helping navigate the waters as they look to get back on that podium for the first time since 2006. Coach Phil, all the best. Just cannot thank you enough for your time. You're always so gracious, man. Good luck and go Team USA. Yeah, take care, my friend. All right, that's Coach Phil Drobnik right here on the Extract Trend Podcast. We'll be right back. Right, the Extra Extra and Podcast rolling along. Price Atkinson here, now joined by members of Team Roth and Team Schuster. That would be Eileen Geving and Tyler George, the pride, both of them, of Duluth, Minnesota. Guys, how are y'all doing tonight? Everything good? 
Everything's good, Price. How you doing, buddy? Ah, we're doing good, doing good. Just appreciate you guys giving a few minutes and, uh, you know, talking, getting ready for the upcoming Olympics, and certainly, uh, you know, first timers. Uh, this is something that you guys have, have both Eileen and Tyler have have obviously gone after before, have come up short, but you didn't come up short this time in Omaha back in November, which seems. It actually seems like it was just yesterday to me. For you guys and probably wanting a piece of you and, and signing autographs, it probably seems like it was forever ago. But as you guys get ready, just you know, kind of talk about the preparation as, as we're here in the month of January, getting ready you know, for just weeks away now, your shot on the, on the world's biggest stage in your sport. Yeah, well, definitely right away I kind of thought, oh, boy, it's two months. <laughs> That's not very much time. And now a month in, we're kind of feeling like, oh, we still have a whole nother month. <laughs> and so um, it's just been a lot of, you know, I just kind of sticking to the routine of getting to the gym and getting in practices and still meeting with the team and keeping in touch with them through the holidays. So we're not mm-hmm. disconnected in any way and still feeling like we're a strong unit coming into the Olympics. Yeah, what you know, Ty, you guys both, both you and Eileen. I mean, this is something you and we've talked a little bit about it before, and, and I've talked with you guys both on and off, you know, away from the ice and you know here on the podcast. But you know, you were a runner up in 2010, and so you you could just taste it. You come up short again in 2014, but I mean, the chance now to live out your dream, and, and we'll get into the goals and stuff getting over there. But you, know, you now punch your ticket, you persevere, you keep battling. And you finally can taste what it's like to be an Olympian. Yeah, uh, in the the number of times you, you get knocked down, you know they say it makes you stronger. But uh, there there are definitely a lot of days in between where you kind of question why you're doing it. You know, are the are the losses worth the effort? You know, mm-hmm. is it worth all the time to put in? And you always tell yourself it is. Once you get there, it, it, it makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely true. I, I know I felt that way uh, after we won our first uh, national championship after losing the, the trials final the year before mm-hmm. uh, and lost a couple more national finals in between before uh, winning a few more with John here too. But, uh, you know, the Olympics is always hanging over my head. There's no question. Uh, it's the... Uh, uh, you remember the Joe Montana, Steve Young line about getting the monkey off the back. You know, that's a that's a giant monkey that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's there the whole time until until you reach the ultimate goal. And the Olympics is always the ultimate for for any amateur sport that we play in. So uh, yeah, to get that close and uh, and and be able to taste it, like you said, and to to keep fighting and persevering and uh, and keep working at it, keep putting that time in and telling yourself that it is worth it and that mm-hmm. it's going to happen in the long run. And to finally get there, yeah, that's – it's the most fulfilling way to do it, no question. If, if we would have won it in 09, it, it would have meant a ton, but, but I don't imagine it could have possibly meant as much as this does now. Yeah, and Eileen, you, I mean, you were you competed at, what, I think three previous Olympic trials, and, you know, obviously you came up short, but you didn't this time as part of Team Roth. And, you know, it, it is just about – you continue sometimes, it hurts, it stings, sometimes more than others, but – when you just keep battling and grinding, you know, you can fulfill these kind of dreams. And, and certainly this is to be on the biggest stage of your particular sport. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, yeah, this was my fourth Olympic trials. And a couple of them, I definitely, looking back now, you know, I wasn't ready for, for where we are now. Mm-hmm. And right now I just feel very ready and, like, everything that I've done was worthwhile. And I wouldn't be here if I hadn't have put in all the effort that I have in the last you know 20 years but particularly in the last four or five years um if I hadn't done that I wouldn't be where I am and so it's really nice to 
have that payoff. Yes, continue with Eileen Geving and Tyler George. You can follow Team Roth at Team Roth USA 18 on Twitter and Facebook, and certainly Team Schuster on both platforms as well at Team Schuster. And, you know, something I'm curious about with both of you all that, you know, you're going to wear the American flag. You're going to wear the United States Stars and Bars when you walk in the opening ceremony and competing through two weeks at the Olympic Games. And I can't imagine as an athlete what that's going to be like, the pride you're going to have. But, Eileen, I'm curious about you because, you know, your husband, who is an Iraq War veteran, and, you know, he's worn our nation's flag on, on his sleeve, you know, protecting us in faraway places and obviously Iraq. But what's it going to be like, you know, for you, you know, when your husband, who is an Iraq War veteran, has come home and served our country and you're going to get to wear that flag in a little bit of a different kind of manner? Yeah, I mean, in some ways it almost feels like a tribute to everything that our country has done and where we are now and to be able to, um, you know, bring light to the U.S. and everything that happens, I think, is it's really exciting. And we have a big American flag up at the top of our driveway. And uh-huh. so it's just it's a part of us. And we're both just happy to be able to represent our country. Yeah, and I know Ty, man, you're a guy that uh, bleeds pride and, you know, the pride of the United States and certainly Duluth there. But, you know, when you came off the ice and just minutes after winning the trials, you know, what is it going to be like for you to put on that USA uniform and, and to represent, you know, the United States to know you have an entire nation, 50 states? It doesn't matter where they are. It's Go Team USA. You know, I, I think I've I've felt that way over the last, uh, well, however many years, you know, we've been playing that we've been able to represent mm-hmm. our country at the World Championships, too. Uh, but it's a totally different uh, ball game when you're doing it at the Olympics, just because, as we talked about before, it's the one time we really get to represent our sport on the world level, you know, mm-hmm. on par with with every other sport that'll be there. But just to be able to put, uh, you know, that jacket on uh, that says U.S. Olympic Team, you know, that w- when that's been the goal that's eluded you for for that long, and and to really truly represent your country on the world stage, mm-hmm. you know, unlike anything we'll ever get to do in any other walk of life. I can't imagine anything that should fill you with much more pride. And even just, uh, you know, just a little sidebar from uh, the, the night we won the, the final game to go to the Olympics, uh, I told myself that I'd never wear anything that said Olympic team on it until I was an Olympian. Yep. And Don Landsteiner came up to me on the ice afterwards during the ceremony and said, I got something for you that you need to wear for the night. And uh, went back to the locker room and there was a U.S. Olympic team shirt hanging in my locker. And he had put it there before I even got back. And uh, wow. that I just putting that on that night, wearing it because it was mine, not because it was you know a cool shirt to wear, something I was aspiring to. Yeah, to actually own it, you know, kind of like you know, not just in the Stanley Cup until you actually win it. Sure, that's how I felt about any of that Olympic gear. So just to be able to wear that stuff and to feel like it's mine, you know, and that I've I've reached that, and and then to be able to do it now and in front of the whole world to really represent our sport and our country. It's, I, I can't imagine anything better. Yeah, as we begin wrapping up with Eileen, Geving, and Tyler George, the pride of Duluth, Minnesota, and you guys, you, a lot of people know work full-time jobs. You know, curling isn't one that, you know, pays the bills on its own. You know, most everybody in the sport's got to work a, you know, a full-time job. And, you know, for you both, you know, trying to prepare, get ready for the Olympics, how's everything going, you know, with work as you kind of slowly wean away from 
from you know full time and, and, and really kind of preparing to go overseas. How has everything been? People supportive, everybody, because I know you know working full time again, it's just simply not easy with your day to day grind and routines. Yeah, even before the trials, my work um, kind of had a plan in place of who's going to help me with my accounts while I'm gone. I, I work at a Marshall McLennan insurance agency, and mm-hmm. they've just been wonderful towards um, giving me flexibility to be able to play and still work. And after we won the trials, I got on the phone with uh, one of the higher-up managers, and he just kind of said, well, what do you need from me mm-hmm. at this point? Wow. And it was like, wow. Wow. Here's my schedule. <laughs> I hope it's okay. Well, of course it's okay. They've just been really, really, really helpful. So. Yeah, I think we're both fortunate in that uh, in that walk of life that we're able to to do the things that we love to do because we have that flexibility with work. And for me, it's been the same way. Just uh, you know, being able to take whatever time I need because I have uh, family that that handles business while I'm on the road too. Uh, it just gives you peace of mind knowing that you know everything's okay at home and and that you get to share this with them when you when you get done with it too. You yeah. know, if you ever question why you're getting uh, if you're taking too much time away from work, if you're putting too much of the strain on uh, people that are handling things while you're gone, uh, you know, it, you hear things like uh, my cousin, who is general manager at our shop, telling me that he had to watch the final game at home by himself in the living room because he couldn't handle being in public when it was on and getting to hug my father, who, you know, I run the business with, you know, on the ice after the game, you know, and uh, just sharing that with them. You know, that's, that's their way of letting, you know, me know that they're, they're in it with me. And, uh, you know, when you're winning, you're winning with them. You know, you're not doing it out there on your own. You know, the, everything they're doing is to help us. Yeah. You know, Eileen, I'm sure would say the same. Mm-hmm. Everything that everybody does while we're, we're training and traveling is, is to help us get to this point. So when we win, we win it with everybody else. Yeah, and I know the the both of you guys uh, with Team Roth, Team Schuster, you're going over there talking with you know everybody on your both your teams. This is this is not participation medal time. This isn't blue ribbon time. Hey, we were here. You know, thanks for playing. This is both teams. This is hungry goals. You guys are both going over there. It's easy to say it, but in talking with you and sitting down and seeing it in your eyes. You guys are going over there to win medals, to get on the podium, and that is the end goal for both Team Roth and Team Schuster. Definitely. Yeah, we've beaten almost every team that is going to be there, mm-hmm. and so there's no reason if we're, if we're playing like we should and can, there's no reason we don't bring home a medal. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the exact same thing for us. Uh, we're not in any kind of uncharted territory here. You know, I, I think uh, we both feel uh, – very fortunate in that uh, we play on teams that uh, have established ourselves on the world level now too and uh, to be able to send the women's and men's team over that have so much world experience mm-hmm. uh, have, have beaten you know the teams that we're going to see out there and are battle tested you know, teams that what we've been doing for the last three years is what's gotten us ready yeah uh, for this opportunity you know it's not just this year the price I gotta mention one thing too here I really thought as a guy who does you know all of his research that, that you've mentioned that Eileen and I went to our first world together back in 2001 as juniors. This is true. Eileen was 14 years old. What? I was, I think, 17 or 18. I thought you were going to open up with that right away. I, I, I would. thought you were say, these two, I, <laughs> little fact, I thought you'd throw that one out there. It, now it, I got to lob it up there for you. 
Open the door for us. 2001 World Juniors in uh, Ogden, Utah. We were both alternates for our teams. Look, it, 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 I, it, I thought it was price to come right out of the gate yeah. that. That's why he chose the two of us. And now we got to be the ones to bring it up instead. In, fu- <laughs> in, full, in full defense, I wasn't going to go back 16 years. But number two, I've been <laughs> I, the benevolent dictator herself. I was told 15 minutes. That's what you got. That's, you better make good use of it. So uh, that hints was the reason why I had to unfortunately blow by that little factoid. But as Tyler George uh, <laughs> shares right there with about Eileen and him. You know, going to worlds together back sixteen years ago. So, look, guys, we had we had to just we had to laugh it up a little bit. It, would, it wouldn't have been right if we didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah. give you a little bit of room. My big brother here next to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, if we had more time, you know, we get into maybe a little college football or maybe some pro hockey that would be, maybe fit in y'all's part of the. <laughs> well, I'm uh, still coming on your show, price. I'm still coming out. We're going to work that out. Well, I, look, I'm, I made a strong run at that at one point, and that's all I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave that one right there because I don't want to get blackballed <laughs> any further. So, look, I'm going to work it out. All right. Well, we'll let me take care. We'll do it. We'll get you guys both on when you come home with medals. Certainly, Eileen Geving, Tyler George, just cannot thank you guys enough. It's going to be a hair-raising moment to watch you guys walk in the opening ceremonies and more than anything, when you take the ice for that very first time to play in your first game. Guys, I can't wait. Team USA, I'll be decked out in everything I got. Good luck. Go Team USA. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, that's Eileen Geving, Tyler George with Team Roth and Team Schuster. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network. All right, episode 26 of the Extra Extra in Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Sagenix, Price Atkinson, and Joe Calabrese. Back here for one final time here on, again, episode 26. Appreciate every single person listening right now, staying with us, subscribing like you have done all season long. Joe, uh, you know, we built this thing from the ground up, and it's just really continued to grow. We'll tell you more uh, about uh, some things we got coming up here in a few minutes. I also want to get, uh, hopefully, everybody to share this podcast. We'll put a challenge to everybody here in just a few minutes. But uh, ongoing, as we record this podcast right now, the Meridian Canadian Open, the next slam currently being played uh, just outside of Edmonton. We've got three teams, uh, Team Schuster, Team Roth, and Team Sinclair. And on just another star-studded field, the last tune-up, if you will, before the Winter Olympics. Yeah, it's just quite the field uh, they got going here. And on the women's side, and we're already into the uh, first round here of action. And Nina Roth got a, a first-game win, 8 to nothing over Alina Pace. I mean, that's... That's a pretty solid victory. It ended in five. Um, and uh, Jamie Sinclair right now is uh, battling Rachel Holman. Holman's got a 6-2 to two lead as, well, as I'm speaking at the moment. Um, looks like uh, Jamie may have a tough first game there. But the, uh, the teams in this event are just really a who's who. I mean, if you look on the men's side, you've got uh, Carruthers and Eden and Epping and Gunlickson and Gushu. I mean, it's just on and on. Teams, Cooey, Laycock. And obviously, we've got Schuster and Schuster. Uh, Beats uh, Nicholas Adine in the first game, stealing yeah. him an extra end. So he's off to a great start. Right after that uh, Continental Cup, he's back again, uh, giving uh, Adine fits. So 
Um, great showing so far for Schuster. Yeah, how about that thievery last night as John gets two in the eight to force the extra in, then steals one for the seven to six victory over Nicholas Adine. As they move on, they will take on uh, Epping and Crew. But you know, as we record this podcast, certainly a little bit early start in the week. Uh, got going uh, on Tuesday there with the Meridian Canadian Open there outside of uh, Edmonton. We'll continue through the weekend, and this will really kind of be it for you know. Most most all the teams that I believe there's uh, an event in Moscow next week, but really this is kind of that last competition. I think a lot of the teams are going to go home for for a weekend, kind of catch their breath before they head off for you know a lot of the training camps. I know I think the Swedes, I believe, are also going to Japan. I know that's where the U.S. is going before they go directly over to Korea. So this really is that last shot for a lot of these teams to be on the ice here uh, before the Olympics. And certainly as we talk about, you know, the Scotties are. Going to be played just in a couple weeks, uh, you know, in Canada. Yeah, you know, it's a time to get your head straight here. So you want to have a good showing here, and if not, you go to your training camps, you uh, work on your mental conditioning and and your physical conditioning, and then you're ready to go. You got to be fresh, uh, particularly the Hamiltons, who are going to be playing for about three weeks straight. Yeah, and you heard uh, Coach Phil Drobnik talk a little bit about that, and you know just the plan they've got in place for for those guys and for Matt and Becca, and uh, you know we certainly thank him for joining us a little bit earlier. Certainly thank Tyler George and Eileen Geving. Really appreciate their time uh, as they are playing right now in the Canadian Open. But uh, want to just say uh, you know as we've got a lot of national championships coming up, Joe. We got the 2018 Mixed Doubles Nationals this weekend. You know want to say good luck to everybody competing there in. Eau Claire, I believe, starting today, which would be Wednesday the 17th. I believe we had a question on Facebook. Somebody asked, would we be broadcasting that? But I guess really the only answer is there's only so much that the 12th and Sports Network can get out and do, right, Joe? Yeah, you know, it's these events, as the Knicks Nationals probably uh, increases in popularity, there might be some push to try to get us to cover the, that event uh, with, with the full crew. Sometimes these events wind up in uh, the clubs that we have affiliates in, and it works out pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. This time it didn't. Uh, so unfortunately, we're not going to be able to uh, cover this event. But there's 21 teams in this event, and I think it, it, I would say it's headlined by maybe uh, five or six teams: the Stoltz, the Burrs, uh, Taylor Anderson, Hunter Clawson, Sarah Anderson, Corey Dropkin. I mean, there's some pretty solid teams here. Obviously, the Hamiltons are not involved as uh, Matt's uh, playing the uh, Matt and uh, um, Becker playing the Canadian Open, um, but. These are some pretty good teams, and uh, the team that uh, wins this, I think, gets to move on to world. So, um, pretty important event, and I'm sure the Stoltz, who uh, were were left out of the uh, Olympic yeah. trials, are probably going to be pretty pumped for this event. Oh yeah. Yeah, no question about that. Is uh, wish everybody luck competing in the mixed doubles nationals there in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, coming up next weekend in Duluth, the senior national championship, January twenty fourth through the twenty eighth. That one at their Duluth Curling Club, and then right after that, or right on top of it, I guess I should say, with a little overlap, the two thousand eighteen junior national championships in Ferndale, Michigan. That January twenty seventh through February the third. And then obviously taking a break from those nationals before you and I, B.A., Sean Murray, and our entire 12th In Sports Network team, we will convene in Fargo, North Dakota, for a full week as we will bring you the 2018 USA Curling Nationals right there from Shields Arena. Yeah, it's going to kick off March 3rd, going to end on the 10th, and uh, the whole crew will be there. And uh, we're super excited. Uh, can't wait to uh, hear who those, who's, those final wild card uh, team selections are going to be for national. 
Yeah, just a month and a half away. I mean, a month and a half, and we will be in the first week of March. There's a plenty of stuff in front of us, but it's just hard to believe that as we get ready to wrap up January, we got the Olympics, we'll fly through the Olympics. That'll be over before we can blink, I'm sure, and we will be there in Fargo. So want to tell everybody you can win a trip to the 2018 World Men's Curling Championships in Las Vegas coming up March the 31st through April the 8th. If you make a donation there on usacurl.org, you can win a four-day, three-night trip to Las Vegas in Orleans Arena where the 2018 World Men's Curling Championships will be held this spring. Make a donation right there and also uh, you know, contest going on to, to be a uh, honorary captain uh, of Team USA there at the World Men's Curling Championships in Las Vegas. So a whole lot ahead, Joe, and just want to tell everybody again, you can sign up, uh, enter our weekly contest, mycurlingclub.org, right there uh, on the website, tesn.org forward slash, or excuse me, tesn.us forward slash podcast. And then obviously so much more you can get on the website. But one thing I wanted to tell everybody, you know, appreciate everybody's support. It's just been awesome to hear feedback uh, going to Mixed Doubles Nationals and Blaine. I had so many people come up to us and say how much they really enjoy the podcast, show. But want to just kind of issue a challenge. If everybody can share the podcast with one person, whether you email the link, whether you share it on your social media, uh, whether you just tell somebody about it, but share uh, the Extra Extreme podcast with just one person you know. If it's on your uh, Curling Club's webpage, if it's on uh, your Curling Club's Facebook page, just want to share it one time, whether it be one time or just with one person. Social media, word of mouth, email just trying to continue to spread the word is you know the olympics are going to be here and everybody's going to be trying to digest so much more curling information joe we can bring it to you everything right here packaged in an episode once a week yeah you know it's uh important that you share the the uh, word about the podcast that we're the only uh national level uh u.s-based curling podcast out there so when the olympics roll around uh next month i'm hopeful that that means that people will be searching us out uh, for their curling fix, and uh, we'll be delivering it for them uh, on a pretty regular basis during the Olympics as well uh, as we are gearing up uh, to do some recap shows as well. Yes, we will. Uh, we will. We will give you our plans here probably next week. Exactly what we're going to do through the Winter Olympics. We will. Uh, if it's not daily coverage, it's going to be uh, every other day coverage as we bring you another episode of the Extra Extra in during the Winter Olympics. So stay tuned. We'll give you exactly how we're going to be skinning that cat uh, coming up next week. We've got more interviews. We'll have interviews with Nina Roth, John Schuster. Uh, we've got Kevin Martin with NBC uh, Olympics who will be bringing the TV coverage to you from Korea. We've got a great interview that we'll bring to you here in the next couple weeks. Also, Trini Kisnerik uh, from NBC, who'll be the sideline reporter, if you will. Had a great conversation with her. We will also bring you that in the coming weeks. So we got a whole lot more to get to you, all our listeners here, as we get ready for the Winter Olympics, the World Championships, uh, USA Curling Nationals in Fargo. So much more to do. Uh, but, Joe, before we get out of here, be remiss if we didn't at least touch on our football fix at the very end of the podcast, all I know is, wow, what a finish in the Twin Cities on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I was at uh, our local curling club uh, playing a game, uh, and or getting ready to play a game, excuse me, and we were watching the end of this, uh, this Vikings game, and there were three lead changes in the last three minutes, and what an incredible finish. I mean, Wow, Stefan Diggs uh, dancing down the sideline uh, with some pretty poor tackling by the uh, the Saints, but uh, 
needless to say, a comeback that uh, will live in infamy uh, for many uh, Saints fans out there. Yeah, had Richie ruin it on our uh, local radio show on ESPN Upstate earlier this week to talk about it as a longtime Viking season ticket holder and. He admitted he was kissing people in the stands uh, all around him af- after the uh, after the win, and you know what? I I can't blame him, but he made that revelation on air with us. It was a really good interview we did with Richie. But uh, congratulations to all the Viking fans. I know a lot of people that listen to us in the Twin Cities are fired up about the Vikings. I'm pulling. I'm on Team uh, Minnesota. Skull all the way. Hope the Vikings can get by uh, the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Apologies if you're an Eagle fan listening, but. I think it would be so awesome to see the hometown Vikings play the Super Bowl right there in their hometown. I just that would be totally bad, you know what, Joe? That would be so cool. That would be so fantastic. I mean, I got to believe that there are tons of Viking fans right now trying to get tickets uh, before uh, the Vikings, if they were to win this week, before the prices were to get jacked up ridiculously. Uh, but a uh, little speculation on their part, but I think it's uh, it's definitely something that could be in the cards. I, I like their chances against the Eagles. Um, as, as someone who uh, was at the Frank Reich Buffalo Bills comeback game, I know exactly how <laughs> Viking fans must have felt heading home that day. How about uh, that? Probably a lot of stunned silence and some really happy uh, emotions going on there. How about that, Jim? I was at a uh, Panther game, I want to say it's back, or no, it was uh, preseason practice. It was the, the, the Panthers back in the summer, last summer uh, over at Wofford College in Spartanburg. And I got to tell you, dude, I looked down, I saw a dude walking around in a Frank Reich jersey, a Carolina Panther Frank Reich jersey, because he, he was a member of the, uh, the Panthers for, what, a brief time, if I remember right. Yeah, that's right. He, in the expansion draft, they, the Panthers plucked him off the Bills roster, and I uh, played a couple of years, and I think he uh, gave way to, to uh, Kerry Collins, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, but, yeah, he gave him a couple good years there before he uh, went on into coaching, and now he's uh, actually the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. So should be kind of an interesting uh, matchup uh, this weekend. Well, good luck to the Vikings. Skull all the way. We're pulling for the Purple pe- People Eaters, hopefully to make the Super Bowl. Boy, what, how awesome would that Vikings and Patriots? I can't see the Vikings, you know, blowing this thing to the Jaguars, but the Jaguars looked awfully good on defense uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But appreciate it again, Coach Phil Drobnik this week, Tyler George, Eileen Geving for joining us. Again, share the podcast, rate, review, share. Go to the Apple Podcast app, give us a rating. Uh, if you like what we do, hit five stars. We really appreciate appreciate it. You can write a little comment in there, whatever you want to say, good, bad. Just give us the feedback. Feedback. It makes it easier for people to find the Extra Extra and Curling podcast so everybody can digest more USA Curling information as we get you ready for the upcoming Winter Olympics and so much more beyond. But episode 26 in the books, Joe. We'll be back again next week, a brand new episode every single Thursday morning right here on the Extra Extra in with Joe Calabrese, Bryce Atkinson. Can't wait to do this again next week. Have a great weekend and stay warm, everybody. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics.